Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today my guest is Julian Tayo. Julian has lived in the Wood River Valley for over a decade, where he started the Ketchum Bike Park and managed the development of gravity trails on Bald Mountain and at Sun Valley Resort. Today he's on the board of the Wood River Trails Coalition and also serves as the Community Recreation Supervisor and Events Manager for the City of Ketchum. Thanks for joining us, Julian. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Tell us a little bit about your background. How did you end up in Sun Valley? Uh, well, Jeff, it's it's funny. Most people end up in Sun Valley uh, for skiing or mountain biking, but I actually uh, chased the woman who is now my wife out to Sun Valley. <laughs> and it uh, sounds just, like a good reason. Yeah, the best of reasons. And uh, <laughs> turns out there's just some incredible mountain biking out here, and uh, so it kind of stopped everything that I was doing and came out in the middle of the winter and uh, with the promise that there is some great mountain biking in the summertime. <laughs> Were you like a big mountain biker before? Like where did you, where did you live before you went to Sun Valley? You know, I grew up in Oregon and uh, started riding, riding mountain bikes in gosh, 1995, 1996 at a really young age. Um, my mom dated a bike shop owner and uh, I was kind of cursed to pursue a life of mountain biking for the rest of yeah. my life. And uh <laughs> Yeah, I did a lot of riding uh, you know, in the Hood River area and also in Forest Park in Portland. Then moved to Ashland, Oregon uh, for college. And I didn't ride my bike uphill for four years because the shuttling was so darn good there. So it was a pretty oh, wow. pretty rude awakening when I moved out to Sun Valley and uh, took a look at all the, the service roads and realized that there really weren't any good shuttles out here. Yeah, interesting. Well, Sun Valley is sort of the the name that a lot of people know and that um, I'll probably be using for most of this podcast. But really, uh, the area includes uh, the town of Ketchum. Also, uh, I guess the Wood River Valley is sort of the, the larger area. So what makes the Wood River Valley and Sun Valley uh, stand out among mountain bike destinations, in your opinion? Well, I think one of the most incredible things about the Wood River Valley, Sun Valley region is just the sheer quantity of organic single track trails. So we have this vast network that was pre-existing, um, but has then now been augmented by more purpose-built trails and, and purpose-built networks. So you start with, you know, of course, you know, this incredible valley, these were the ancestral lands of the Shoshone-Bannock tribe. So a lot of these trails are, are really ancient. Oh, wow. But were then, you know, appropriated by the miners who came out here. And so a lot of them are pack trails that were used to access mining. So a lot of stuff running in and out of drainages. And, you know, mules... Uh, tend to, to carry a pretty good percentage grade. So uh, those trails became really good moto trails mm -hmm. when off-road 
motorcycling kind of took off uh, out here in the 60s, 70s, and into the 80s. And then uh, a lot of those moto guys started riding mountain bikes to keep up their uh, their cardio in the 80s out here. And hence, we have this incredible network of both motorized and non-motorized single track that has a, a really ancient history. Yeah, interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, and you talk about the the fact that the trails, some of the trails were first used and created by indigenous people, like that's pretty unique in the U.S. I mean, in Europe, I guess they have like the Roman roads. A lot of those are, are now used as mountain bike trails, but it's hard to think about other places in the U.S. at least where where that's kind of the genesis of the trails. Yeah. And, you know, there we can't really trace back too much history on that, but you know, it's a, it's a beautiful, fertile valley, and there's just no question that a lot of these, these trails that we're using now uh, were originally used by people long before us. So it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of history here and, you know, a pretty, you know, from all that, a pretty unique flavor to our, to our single track. Yeah, definitely. Well, you mentioned that a lot of the trails were sort of pre-existing. I mean, obviously someone built them and they were used for different purposes over the years. So today, who are the groups that are sort of building and maintaining trails in the area? Yeah. So you have kind of this heritage network of trails that, you know, those old social trails, but, you know, in the last, you know, 15, 20 years, there's been uh, a pretty incredible purpose-built network that's uh, been developed here in the Wood River Valley. And uh, that ranges from the Blaine County Recreation District, uh, who operates a special use permit up at Galena Lodge. You know, they built an incredible stacked loop system um, that really mirrors their winter Nordic skiing product that they have up there. Um, so they've got you know, green, blue, black that, you know, take my two and a half year old up on her strider bike to go uh, tootle around there. And and they have some big, bad loops that uh, you can ride all day and, and even stay in yurts up there. Mm-hmm. And you have the resort, you have Sun Valley Resort who first started building purpose-built mountain bike trails, uh, machine-built mountain bike trails in 1997. I believe those trails opened in 98. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of uh, uh, from 2014 up until 2018, the resort built uh, about 17 additional miles of uh, directional low-style trails on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the BLM who's pushed for the development of an, an incredible network down in Haley. Uh, with the Croy area trails, which are an incredible early season, late season riding opportunity. And they're, they're, they're great in the summer too. And then as well as our partners with the U.S. Forest Service, uh, they have you know, been pretty progressive up here at the Ketchum Ranger District and first built a, a flow trail after our 2007 fire uh, called Forbidden Fruit that uh, is a Really great little 1.2 mile trail, one of the first kind of flow trails in the U.S. that was on public lands and directional, pretty progressive for what it was. Yeah, at the time, and um, we're we're actually working to to add an extension to that and re- refinish that trail this year. But there's also this beautiful alignment trail alignment called Alden Gulch that they built three years ago. They were rebuilt, I should say, and that's. Uh, become a pretty pretty popular 
trail that we can talk a little bit more about later. But again, those are the main players, BCRD, Blaine County Rec District, Sun Valley Resort, Bureau of Land Management, the U.S. Forest Service. So a lot of people doing some incredible things to enhance the trail community here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I imagine obviously there's a lot of work that goes into that and at the resort itself. I mean, obviously they have, they sell lift tickets, like they're able to, you know, use some of the money that, that they collect to help pay for trail crews and folks to build and maintain the trails. But then I imagine most of the other stuff beyond the resort relies a lot on volunteers and fundraising and all that sort of thing. What are some of the challenges that the Wood River Valley faces uh, in terms of being a popular recreation destination? I imagine you get a lot of trail users, but they don't necessarily have a way to sort of give back to the trails. And, and a lot of that work falls to the locals. Is, is that the case? Yeah, that, that is very much the case. And uh, fortunately, we have the Wood River Trails Coalition, which is our local nonprofit um, that I've been on the board of for the last two years. They're originally the uh, Wood River Bicycle Coalition, founded, I believe, in 2009, 2010. And uh, we uh, kind of rebranded a couple years ago to bring in all trail users into the fold. So, oh, cool. yeah, through that, we've been incredibly successful in, in fundraising, not only for our own, through our own membership drives, but also uh, through private donations. And, uh, you know, part of our mission is to fund uh, paid positions on our Ketchum Ranger District U.S. Forest Service trail crew um, through a joint collection agreement. So we are oh, nice. using private dollars and we're the conduit to funding these public resources that would otherwise not be available uh, here in the Wood River Valley. Yeah. It sounds like you guys have a group that's really well organized, but at the same time, there's a ton of work to do. What are some of the challenges that the group faces in terms of creating and maintaining these world-class trails, really, um, that are attracting so many people from out of town? I think uh, as everywhere in the United States, we're seeing an incredible interest in cycling, Alfred cycling uh, in a way, and just the outdoors in general, uh, in a way that none of us really were prepared for. And as such, we have a lot of new users out on the trails. Um, and, and with that, we have been struggling with some of our trailhead capacity, um, specifically on weekends, user conflict. A lot of these people don't necessarily understand the, the rules of the road, rules of the trail. Yeah. And that's been, you know, the, the bikers are guilty. The hikers are guilty. Everybody is, is been challenged to, to learn these, this new etiquette. And uh, so a big part of that is, you know, falls on us as a trails coalition to, to message that. But one of the other things that we're seeing with some of our new users is kind of a lack of preparedness for the type of experience that they're going to go have. And, uh, well, you know, at the resort, you're in a, you know, controlled environment. You, as soon as you get out on in, into the back country, you're, you're really on your own. And so whether that's a lack of tools or a lack of, uh, fitness or a lack of something as simple as hydration here at 5,800 feet, um, you know, we see we've had a lot of people getting into trouble over the last year in the backcountry. So, yeah, lots of new challenges. And, you know, it's 
it's something that's not unique to us, but we're trying to learn how to manage it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You bring up uh, like a lack of preparedness because I guess for most of us, you know, we can imagine, you know, showing up to a place or, you know, a town and there are obviously impacts in terms of like parking and, you know, somebody has got to pick up the garbage at the trailhead and, you know, the trails get some wear and tear on them. But when you talk about like rescues and people, you know, needing medical assistance. I mean, that's a big drain on a lot of resources in a small community. Um, and something that I guess most of us figure like, Oh, that's, that's not going to happen to me or like, or we just don't even think about it at all. And it's interesting that, that that is a challenge. I know that you mentioned as well, that a lot of the trails there are motorized and I visited Sun Valley many years ago and uh, was interested to to learn that a lot of those trails, because they're motorized, you can ride e-bikes on them. So are you seeing a lot of people riding more e-bikes on trails? And is that potentially, you know, I don't want to, don't want to throw out too many stereotypes here, but is that potentially something that is an issue in terms of preparedness or new riders? Absolutely. And the e-bike is an incredible tool. We use them for trail maintenance. Uh, you know, we mobilized all our tools out on a bob trailer and an e-bike to, for, for our event tonight. And that's our best practice. But with that capability comes the risk of someone who doesn't necessarily have the experience of, of riding a mountain bike, let alone a 45-pound e-bike. Yeah, that has a limited range too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> most trail rides, right? We're like going out and back, or you know, maybe we're doing a loop and and hoping you know we make it back around. But yeah, I, I could see that being an issue. Yeah, and a lot of our motorized trails are not proximal to town, so they're not kind of the trade routes that are right next to town. They're more so you know in the back country. So you know, you have users who are getting on e-bikes and going out into the backcountry and not necessarily having the experience that is required to ride some of these trails that are mm-hmm. you know, rugged motorized you know moto trails heritage moto trails and not kind of this front country purpose-built experience that a lot of uh, new e-bike riders are accustomed to so yeah we've had uh, anecdotally there were uh, quite a few e-bike rescues in addition to uh to just standard backcountry rescues last year, but it's definitely a, a new thing that's on everyone's radar here. Yeah, yeah. And are people renting e-bikes in town? Like, is that a thing, or or does it seem like people are bringing their bikes? You know, a lot of people are bringing their own bikes, but um, almost every shop rents a, uh, a high-quality full-suspension e-bike here in town. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I could see that, too, that... You know, in a in a place like Sun Valley where you have a resort experience, I could see someone showing up, you know, right in the resort one day, and then on the next day they say, I'm gonna rent an e-bike and go, you know, try this other trail down the road. And like you said, it's a totally different experience, you know, backcountry versus being at the resort where, you know, medical assistance is a, a walkie-talkie away versus yeah, <laughs> being on your own. Yeah, I would I would definitely uh, advise that anyone visiting here, because we do have limited cell range uh, in a lot of these backcountry experiences, get either a, uh, I forget the name of the app, but there's an app you can get that sends low uh, signal text messages in an SOS situation or carry a 
a Garmin inReach or, or something similar because, uh, yeah, you can get yourself into trouble pretty quickly uh, with any kind of motor, let alone uh, just a, a regular bike. For someone who is planning a visit uh, to Sun Valley for the first time, what are a couple of the must-ride trails or trails that you really recommend people ride um, so that they have a good time and, and are safe doing it as well? Yeah, so as far as something that's family-friendly, so you have a range of abilities or you're, uh, you know got some young kids or you're new yourself, some of the more approachable rides can be found up at Galena Lodge. I mentioned them earlier. Uh, it's that purpose-built stacked loop network, um, 17 miles north of Ketchum. They've got, it's a very much a European trail center style model with a incredible food at the lodge. Um, they've got a bike shop, bike rentals. You can stay in yurt up there and really ride something for everyone. So mm-hmm. you could definitely keep a, a family of all abilities entertained for a day going and riding up there. And then as far as close into town, there's some great some great riding out uh, by the resort, either the uh, White Clouds Trail Network, which is right next to the Sun Valley Lodge, the historic Sun Valley Lodge, or uh, if you can go a little bit farther out, uh, you can ride Corral Creek, which can either be ridden as an out and back or uh, can be looped um, via the road, uh, which is a lot more approachable for, for some beginner users. And that's you know, pretty mellow grade and also not a huge climb. A couple little punches, but kind of a good progression into a true single track experience. The, the bike park at Sun Valley Resort on Bald Mountain, wouldn't necessarily recommend that as a first time uh, mountain bike experience, but mm-hmm. um, definitely a, a great intermediate experience and for people who are looking to have purpose-built controlled experience on on the mountain and also you know get to get start taking their wheels off the ground and uh and getting into some bank turns yeah it's a it's a great resource and definitely worth spending a day up there definitely a trail bike park not a downhill bike park so you'll be fine riding a, a uh, you know, five inch, six inch travel trail bike or enduro bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the shoulder, shoulder season, or I definitely recommend the Croy Canyon trails. They're some of the first trails to melt out. Those are down in Haley and also some of the last to get covered in snow. So incredible resource out there. Again, kind of a, a stacked loop system. So really something for everyone. Yeah, that's cool. And and there's gravel road riding as well in the area, right? There, there are some places you would recommend that people could go out and, and get a lot of miles in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You can, you can ride to Canada on dirt roads from here. If you want. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know guys who do it on their motorcycles, but you could definitely do it on, on a gravel bike. Um, we, we all joke that there's no reason to own a road bike up here. Uh, you should just get a gravel bike. So ton of great gravel riding um, out the Warm Springs drainage, uh, Trail Creek, where uh, there's the Rebecca's Private Idaho event, and any number of side canyons. Um, you can get yourself good and lost in a, in a good way uh, on a gravel bike out here. Yeah. Was there any single track that you can recommend to folks who are, are, you know, more experienced riders fit, you know, used to doing sort of bigger backcountry rides, places that are a little farther out maybe and, and where you're going to run into fewer crowds? 
Oh, for sure. Um, the Baker Creek drainage north of town um, has a couple signature rides that I would recommend. Osberg Ridgeline Trail was reconstructed in uh, about 2014, 2015. It's this incredible uh, kind of you know, crest type experience where you're sitting on top of a ridge and oh, cool. climbing, descending, climbing, descending, but just with incredible views uh, into the surrounding mountain ranges. You can ride it a couple different ways as a loop uh, with the Alden Gulch Trail that I mentioned. That's a kind of progressive backcountry downhill trail. Okay. Or you can you can ride it as a shuttle. Uh, but uh, we, we have an, a saying out here, it's an Idaho shuttle, meaning that <laughs> uh, there's still a lot of climbing involved. So... Okay. Yeah. But it's, I'd say that's definitely worth it for the out of town visitor to check out. And you can link Osberg up with any number of combinations of trails to get back into town, whether that's uh, Fox Peak down into Adams Gulch or uh, the Oregon Gulch trail down into the Oregon Gulch drainage or up and over into Fox Creek drainage. So definitely an incredible number of combinations that you can, you know, rip off of to, you know, create a experience off the Osberg trail. That's awesome. Well, yeah, you mentioned a shuttle. Are there shuttle operators or other tour operators in town that folks can connect with? Absolutely. The Sun Valley mountain guides are probably going to be your, your best bet. Um, they're based out of the Sturdivant's, uh, bike shop and they have a variety of different shuttle vehicles that are totally capable of hauling a ton of bikes and a ton of people. Um, so they're good for those kind of point to point Idaho shuttles that I was mentioning, or if you dream something up, looking at a map, want to get from one place to another, that's, it would be a good resource for that too. Oh, cool. Yeah. As far as kind of the bigger tour operators, Western Spirit, uh, based out of Moab, they do some guided trips up here as well. Um, those are definitely on the high end, but they, they run a couple different Sun Valley single track experiences annually. And I don't think we have anybody else running shuttles right now but yeah Sturdivant's is kind of the the only game in town there yeah okay well as far as folks who maybe are flying in or they're just you know kind of coming through town for the day um, I imagine you can rent bikes at the resort are there other spots as well we could where you could rent a bike oh yeah absolutely Jeff so at the resort you know you can rent a uh, from their downhill fleet which is uh kona process and norco bikes that are great for that experience if you only have your cross-country bike with you or your trail bike with you <laughs> but we i think we have something like eight different bike shops in town and almost every major brand is represented so most of those shops not only have entry-level hardtails and you know run you know, kind of price point trail bikes for rent, but they also have some performance demos as well. So you can go out and, and ride the best of the best. Might not be that that full top of the line spec, but you know, you still have the opportunity to go have an experience on a five, six thousand dollar bike. Oh nice. Yeah, that's that's great. Well, where do the mountain bikers like to hang out after the ride? I'm always interested to know about bars or breweries, and I imagine Sun Valley and Ketchum have a few. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've got plenty of bars, I think even more than our <laughs> bike shops. So, Wow. <laughs> I don't think we really have any bars slash bike shops yet, but that might be a business opportunity for someone. Yeah, for sure. As far as like, you know, where 
mountain bikers congregate after a ride. Sawtooth Brewery is great. They've been around since uh, about 2012, uh, I want to say, and they've got some incredible beer and some good food right in town on uh, at the top of Warm Springs Road off of Highway 75. And uh, right next to them is, is Lefties, which is a sports bar with a great deck and uh, pretty reasonable beer prices and some good just kind of yeah, sports bar food. Mm-hmm. And Wise Guy Pizza is a favorite of mine. Um, you know, mountain bikers love pizza. It's, uh, <laughs> right. you know, it's like coffee in the morning, beer and pizza in the afternoon. And yeah, Wise Guy is definitely a, the best pizza in town, in my opinion. And uh, they've got good beer list as well. Nice. Well, where do you recommend that people stay when they're coming to town? It sounds like there are kind of limited opportunities. And uh, yeah, so so is camping a thing in the Sun Valley area or are most people going to tend to stay in like a hotel in town or, or are there like Airbnbs? Like what what's kind of the best way to plan a trip to the area? Oh, we have incredible camping here, you know, all northeast, southwest of town so um and a lot of it's near good riding too so really just you know get it get out a map and and look up you know look for those little campground emblems you'll find something mm-hmm. a lot of it's unimproved especially this year we're in a pretty extreme drought don't plan on having a raging bonfire yes <laughs> just had to put that in there <laughs> good point yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there's there's a ton of camping adjacent to both the town and and the trailheads. And then as far as hotels, we have an incredible number of uh, hotel rooms here in in town. And yeah, a couple of them are you know on the higher end, but you also have your best westerns. And uh, one that I'd like to point out is Hotel Ketchum, which is right in town. Uh, I, talk, I talked to them today and confirmed that they have a a, a gear garage they call it. So you, you can put your bike in a locked facility there. So, Oh, sweet. Yeah. They're, they're bike friendly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then the, the ski resort will sometimes run a, a stay and, and ride free package. So that's worth looking into as well. Looking for package deals for mm-hmm. um, staying and riding up at the resort, especially in the shoulder season in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. How, what is the summer season compared to like the winter like is it as busy as the ski season is or are they kind of 50 50 or or what's what's that mix look like right now that's a great question um you know winter is actually where the opportunity to increase tourism lies Hmm. interesting between between the wedding industry and the conference industry our valley is very busy in the summertime Hmm. and it's you throw in some incredible mountain biking and world-class hiking into the mix. And yeah, we, we don't have a lot of room for a lot of capacity for growth in the peak summer months from, you know, Memorial day to labor day anymore. Yeah. That's, that's surprising. I mean, cause you hear about how resorts are, yeah, they're trying to, to get more summer business because traditionally they were seen as, you know, winter destination, but it sounds like Sun Valley maybe made that switch a while ago. Yeah. There was quite a bit of foresight on behalf of the ski resort when they developed the lift access trails and in 98, you know, targeted at intermediate riders and machine built, but just the sheer number of mountain bike trails that already existed, this place was kind of 
on the radar. I think we held Norba Nationals in 91 or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so there's a rich history of cycling up here in, in the Wood River Valley. Uh, but with the world-class Sun Valley Resort, you have, you know, conference destination. You know, it, it's a pretty big conference destination as well as, uh, you know, uh, for destination weddings as well. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really been growing. I would say in my 16 years of living here, um, just in the last eight to 10 years, it's really kind of reached that, uh, that, that point where, there's not a lot of room left in, in July and August for uh, yeah. events or, or activities, and uh, especially being adjacent to the uh, Sawtooth National Recreation Area and uh, the Sawtooth Mountains and Stanley, Idaho to the north. You know, there's a ton of people camping up there and, and checking out the mountain lakes. So, uh, yeah, we, got, we, we don't need a lot of help in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, when is a good time to visit then? If, if the summer is going to be, you know, busy and, you know, you're going to have to fight for a spot at the trailhead parking lots, like, is there another time of year that is good for mountain biking in Sun Valley? The fall is, is hands down the best time. You know, all the alpines burned out and, uh, snow free and there aren't any forest fires. It's uh, pretty good weather. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just a great time to come and ride everything and the temps aren't too hot and, uh, yeah, the, the camping isn't too packed. So, yeah. And when you say fall, do you mean like September, October, like is, is October kind of the, the limit there when we are talking about riding? Yeah, I guess, I guess I should qualify that with it being, uh, September to September. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> that's a short fall <laughs> we get some good windows in october from time to time but you could also get two feet of snow the first week of october and uh, shut everything down pretty quick so yeah what about fat biking is that a thing at all in sun valley it is there's a gosh a 28 mile trail no not 28 miles 14 mile trail maybe uh that's a bike path in the summer an old rails to trails conversion and that gets groomed, and, and you can ride that north to south in the valley. Um, there are some trails out at the Sun Valley Resort that you can ride that are groomed Nordic trails, machine-groomed trails. Uh, a lot of people just kind of riding snowshoe-packed hiking trails, but there's not a, any real purpose. You know, there's no, like, cold-rolled, uh, you know, dragged single track like you see in the midwest or over in targi or some of the other fat bike destinations so yeah there's not a huge fat bike scene out here and and most of us are just too busy uh either uh alpine or or nordic skiing right right why would you fat bike when you can (laughs) you can do lots of other fun things in the snow yeah i I wasn't gonna say it but yeah (laughs) yeah well are there i know you mentioned rebecca's private idaho Uh, is a big event that takes place sort of in the area each year. Are there other festivals or events that are taking place and that maybe people want to avoid because those are kind of the busier times of year? Uh, You know, aside from Rebecca's Private Idaho, we really don't have any large events uh, that are going on. Um, You know, historically, there's been a a NICA high school series race in the fall up at Galena Lodge um, and Galena does have host the Galena Grinder event, um, which is, uh, I believe, a 25, 30-year running 
mountain bike race. Oh, wow. And, and so that's not a great weekend to come up. Uh, I believe that's in late, late July, early August. But the rest of the trails are wide open. It's just you don't want to go ride Galena Lodge that weekend. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, there really aren't any mountain bike-specific events uh, that would preclude people from coming up and enjoying our trail network. Yeah, yeah, just big weddings. There might be like a big wedding some random weekend you show up, but or otherwise you should be okay. Yeah, or, or like 10 big weddings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, given sort of the, the limited trails and the amount of visitors that you see every summer, are there plans to expand or improve trails in the area? Are there any projects that are currently ongoing or maybe are in the planning stages? You know, we we have one trail that we're working on uh, as the Wood River Trails Coalition in partnership with, uh, with the U.S. Forest Service. Um, we're increasing ADA accessibility uh, in the Adams Gulch Trail Network by widening some bridges for uh, hand cycles, which is pretty exciting. And in conjunction with that, we're, uh, we're retouching that Forbidden Fruit Flow Trail that was machine built in uh, 2009, 2010, um, and, and adding to that. Uh, with a, a lower fruit extension that will kind of reduce some user conflict, some directional issues mm-hmm. for looping that trail, but also create a more uh, approachable uh, experience for someone who just wants to go get warmed up or not ride Forbidden Fruit. Forbidden Fruit's a, a fast blue trail, I'll, I'll call it that. So okay. adding something that's a little more approachable at the, at the green level and also provide an extension for those who are coming off forbidden fruit is uh, kind of the, the goal of that project. And then also increasing the trailhead capacity there at Adams Gulch. So it's kind of a three-tiered, three-tiered deal, and um, we're pretty excited to break ground on that this fall. And then, uh, you know, the other opportunities, we're pretty built out. We have a lot of trail density, as, as we discussed, and especially over the last 10 years with Croy Canyon as well as Galena. Um, there are still some trails that are approved to be constructed on, on the resort. Um, so really excited to see what the, uh, what the ski area, uh, accomplishes, um, in adding to, uh, what I believe to be 42 miles of lift access trails. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's sizable for sure. Um, so they, you know, they have some trails that have been approved that they could still construct and, uh, continue to fill out the network. Um, and then also we have a, a smaller ski hill about an hour from Sun Valley in, in Fairfield, uh, called Soldier Mountain and Soldier Mountain, uh, just added, uh, I believe eight new miles of lift access trails. They're running an old fixed grip chair and they've got a green, blue and black, uh, machine built network as well as, a, a fun old school off camber, uh, hand built trail. So, uh, yeah, super fun out there. I went down there uh, a couple weekends ago for my birthday and, uh, just, just, you know, simpler times riding at soldier mountain. Definitely recommend it to everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we heard a lot of good things about Soldier Mountain and, and the opening there. And I actually just saw like yesterday or today, got an email from the Idaho Ski Association, Idaho Ski Area Association, sorry. And they are promoting how 11 out of, uh, I guess, 20 or so resorts uh, in Idaho offer 
uh, summer lift access now for mountain biking. So it definitely seems to be a push. Um, and hopefully, hopefully it can spread out the, the tourism and the visits, you know, among a bunch of different places. Cause it sounds like there, there are a lot of different experiences that you can have in Idaho. Oh, truly. Yeah. I'm already, uh, planning a, a trip with some of my buddies for, uh, I think we figured out we could hit four, four lift access bike parks in three days or something like that. So, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out how to, how to make that happen. But yeah, really, really some incredible experiences, uh, out there for, um, you know, for riding of all types here in Idaho. Yeah. Cool. Well, is there anything else that mountain bikers need to know before visiting Sun Valley? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just kind of you know, remember where you're going. It's uh, it's one of the original cross-country mountain bike destinations, and, and as such, you're probably not going to want to bring a downhill bike and, <laughs> and maybe even not a, a full-on enduro bike and a uh, you know, nice hardtail or, or five-inch travel bike um, will we'll do you just fine on just about everything out here. And uh, just making sure that you know, you come here with, uh, with kind of an open mind and, and, you know, to accept how unique this place is and Mm -hmm. what it represents, but also just be respectful of, uh, of nature and, and of the community and, and also bringing your own level of preparedness, uh, for, for visiting our community as well. So that, uh, we don't, uh, so that you're, you can be self-sufficient. Right. Yeah. That's a great reminder to, to ride respectfully. And that's also really unique the way you put it that Sun Valley is, it's one of the original cross country mountain bike destinations. It's not somewhere that, you know, a lot of places like to tout just like how, um, extreme their terrain is or, or how, you know, aggressive it is or how much downhill there is. But it sounds like Sun Valley is a place where, you know, more of the like everyday sort of trail rider can go and enjoy uh, riding and, and being in nature and really just just having a slightly more chill vacation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can, you know, you can go spin a four mile loop or you can go ride for 60 miles a single track. There's really something for everyone. Um, you know, some of the fittest riders I've ever met, uh, you know, are, live here in, in Sun Valley, Idaho. And um, it's, it's definitely growing and, and diversifying with the addition of some of these purpose built trails and lift access trails, but, uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's its own flavor of mountain biking up here. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, Julian, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us about, uh, Sun Valley and the riding there and for all the work that you and the Wood River Trails Coalition do, uh, to build and maintain and to make sure that there are those trails for future generations to enjoy. So thanks. Yeah, you got it. Thanks for your time, Jeff. Appreciate it. Well, you can learn more about the Wood River Trails Coalition by visiting their website and we'll have that link for you in the show notes. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you.